Welcome to the Equine Veterinary Journal Podcasts, On The Hoof. Hello, and welcome to this month's edition of the Equine Veterinary Journal's On The Hoof podcast, in which we aim to summarise a selection of accepted early view or recently published articles. Today, we focused on a paper accepted in November 2019 that focused on assessing the accuracy of measuring the cricoretinoid deus dorsalis muscle using transcutaneous ultrasound. Primary authors were Masato Sato and Tohu Iguchi, who operate out of the Mitsuishi Animal Medical Center in Hokkaido, Japan. Using overground endoscopy to assess recurrent laryngeal neuropathy is considered the gold standard method of diagnosis. However, Recent research has focused on less complex and more widely available diagnostic methods, such as ultrasonography. Whilst transesophageal ultrasonography has shown promise, specialist equipment is still needed that is not necessarily available to the general practitioner. In using a 7.5 MHz linear transducer transcutaneously, the authors aim to describe and validate a method for assessment of the cricorinoideus dorsalis muscle can be performed easily and quickly in the field. By doing this, they hope to provide a useful technique that could help determine whether to perform a laryngeplasty over a nerve graft. 164 thoroughbred horses were enrolled in the cross-sectional study from August 2012 to August 2018. Ages ranged from 1 to 6 years of age. Resting endoscopy was performed and the horse's laryngeal function graded from 1 to 4 using the Havemeyer system. Those that graded 1 to 2 were classified as normal, whereas those that graded 3 to 4 were classified as having recurrent laryngeal neuropathy, or RLN. 30 horses were placed in the normal control group and 134 in the affected RLN group. All horses were subsequently sedated with metatomidine to minimise swallowing, and transcutaneous ultrasonography performed using a 7.5 MHz linear transducer. Longitudinal, sagittal and transverse images were obtained from both sides of the larynx to allow comparisons to be made between left and right cricoretinoideus dorsalis muscles. Two recordings of maximal thickness of the muscle in the sagittal plane were then recorded, together with the cross-sectional area of the muscle in the transverse plane. The latter was taken at the point of the dorsal sagittal ridge spine of the cricoid cartilage to allow for differences in muscle belly thickness. Averages of these measurements were then recorded and used to make comparisons between the two groups. Echogenicity of the transverse views was also measured using a grayscale software analysis tool inbuilt into the author's ultrasound machine, allowing quantifiable comparisons between left and right sides. 124 of the affected RLN groups subsequently underwent surgery following ultrasonographic assessment, and the thickness of the left cricoretinoid deus dorsalis muscle measured. This was done by inserting a 24-gauge needle directly into the thickest part of the muscle, determined by palpation, till it reached the cricoid cartilage and measuring the depth of penetration. Statistical analysis were then performed to assess the difference between the data from the left and right sides, and also between the two groups of normal and RLN-affected horses. The authors found that the RLN-affected horses had strongly significant, i.e. p-values of less than 0.001, differences between the left and right cricoretinoideus dorsalis muscles, with the left side being approximately two-thirds of the cross-sectional area in maximal thickness compared to the right side, and significantly more echogenic. 
Importantly, no overlaps of measurements were found between the two sides indicating the absence of a grey area of interpretation. Furthermore, at laryngeplasty, the thickness measurements were significantly correlated to those found under ultrasound, supporting the technique's accuracy. Conversely, the control group also showed a significantly increased p-value of less than 0.05 echogenicity in the left cricoretinoideus dorsalis muscle compared with the right side. Indeed, there was a large amount of overlap between the groups, which was not the case in cross-sectional area and maximal thickness measurements. These should therefore be viewed as a more reliable indicator. When comparing between groups, the left cricoretinoideus dorsalis echogenicity, muscle thickness and cross-sectional area showed a significant negative correlation as RLN grades increase. Further to this, the thickness and area of the right cricoretinoideus dorsalis muscle was significantly correlated positively to the RLN grades, although only significant in grades 3.2 and 4, indicating a compensatory hypertrophy in significantly affected horses. Ratios of the above parameters were between 0.75 and 0.6 of control horses depending on the severity of the RLN, which corresponds to ratios of less than 0.8 found under transesophageal ultrasonography. Major limitations of this study were that it was not blinded and no overground endoscopy was performed. Since dynamic collapse has been seen in grade 1 RLN horses and normal abduction is evident in horses with grade 3.1 RLN, this may account for some of the overlap observed in the study. Furthermore, the more rostral location of the larynx in draft and warm blood bleeds may make the technique redundant in these types of horses. Further work is therefore needed to validate it universally. To conclude, this study suggests that transcutaneous ultrasonography may serve as a useful tool for assessing the cricoretoidestal salus muscle in thoroughbreds. This procedure can reliably be performed in the field with a portable ultrasound machine and a 7.5 MHz linear probe, making it extremely accessible to a general practitioner. By assessing the degree of muscle atrophy and compensatory hypertrophy, informed decisions can be made on the yard as to whether horses may be suitable for nerve translocation over prosthetic laryngeplasty. That concludes the review of this study. And many thanks for listening to this edition of the Equine Veterinary Journal's On The Hoof podcast. We look forward to welcoming you back soon when we'll review another of the journal's early access articles. Thank you for listening to this Equine Veterinary Journal podcast. More on the subjects discussed can be found online at wileyonlinelibrary.com forward slash journal forward slash EVJ. 